This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. It's the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 68, sponsored by GeekArmor.com. We interrupt this podcast for an important programming note. If you're looking for the iFanboy Special Edition podcast about the movie Ghost Rider, head over to iFanboy.com and download it directly, or go to iTunes or whatever podcast aggregator and look directly beneath this show, and you can download it from there. And now, back to the pick of the week. Fanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, the 68th episode of said podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm here with Connor. Hello. And Ron. Barely. Bar- he's <laughs> barely there. He's ethereal. Yes. <laughs> you can see through me. Yeah. Uh, so iFanboy.com, in case you don't know, is a place, uh, is a website that we, uh, we, we have about comic books. And uh, we read a bunch of them. And then every week, one of us will read our books and then uh, pick the best one. And we write up a review on the site. And then we come here and we talk about it and other various points of uh, interest from the week's books. Um, and before we get going with things, we like to warn people, in case you also don't know, uh, we're going to be talking about books that came out this last week, so if you haven't read your books, we would be ruining them for you if you were to continue listening. So read your books, then come back and listen to it, and you'll enjoy it much more. And it's, it's a muted podcast this week. We're a, little, we're a little calmer than last week. Were you not calm last week? No, we were a little wacky last week. Uh, we? Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing it down. <laughs> Yeah, right you just down. you just set the tone. So this is going to be boring. <laughs> what what Ron is alluding to uh, is that he was on a whirlwind tour of the United States this this week. Woo! Or at least he, the airports in the United States. At least the airports had a hard time <laughs> had a hard time getting back from San Francisco to New York. Yeah, apparently they nobody wanted me to come back to New York, and <laughs> we thought we paid the air, airline enough, but apparently they didn't. Yeah. So, but I made it. So let's go. But no one notices because you don't post on either of the sites anyway. 
I do. I know. <laughs> but you had lots of time to read your books, uh, which was good this week because you needed a lot of time to read the pick of the week. <laughs> uh, remember, remember, like a year ago, and every year before that, when nobody cared what we picked, just the pick of the week. Yeah, I remember that. Those Vaguely, are those are good times. Yeah. Well. yeah. <laughs> when, a, when a comic book review fell down in a forest and nobody heard it. Right. This yeah. this week the pick was Batman six sixty three, which I think is safe to say the most uh, polarizing pick we've ever had. And people stood up behind you though. They didn't like well, it, but they didn't say you're that's an idiot. What, that's what polarizing means. There was there was two <laughs> there were two sides. There were two strong sides to it. Not everybody hated it. Yeah, but if one maybe it's maybe it's a compliment to the to the hordes of, of listeners. Like nobody was like your pick is dumb because people Actually, could be there like there were a couple. Was there? I don't yeah. know. I I think I thought it was going to be worse. Anyway, it was, it was worse real bad in the beginning. Um, six sixty three Batman is Grant Morrison's return after four. Was he off for four issues like Paul Dini was? I think he was uh, four four uh, issues four or five. really. I think it was. Yeah, four. it was four issues. John Ostrander was writing they it. They both took off a month. Um, and so this is his grand return, which is... Uh, this his also, grant return. His grant return. Also the return of the Joker after uh, Grant had him shot in the face in his first issue. Uh, this, this issue finds the Joker rehabilitating the Arkham Asylum, and, um, and that's, that's where we are. So uh, Batman shot him? The guy dressed as Batman. If you remember that first issue, there was a guy running around dressed as Batman in Gotham, and he shot Joker. It was in the first two pages of the story. I honestly I barely it. remember that. I didn't read it. That's why I asked you. Oh. Uh, yeah. It was, just, it was a throwaway two-page intro where Batman stopped this other guy dressed as Batman who had just shot the Joker in the face. Right. Um, and now we're back with the Joker who's, who's recuperating. And the um, controversial thing about this issue is it's almost entirely prose. Almost? It's not, not entirely prose. There's art in it. If, well, if it was yeah. all entirely prose, there would be yeah. no art in it. Right. Understood. Okay, got it. Um, it's an illustrated storybook. It's yeah. about 70% prose. There's art on every page. The, the amount of art varies from page to page, but mm. for the most part, it's prose. Um, I'll just get the art out of the way. The art by John Van Fleet is not very good. <laughs> you know what? I don't think it was as bad as it was made out to be. No, no. I yeah. think there are some there are some really great pieces in here, but I think on the whole... Um, well, it's that it's that computer generated 3D kind of that reboot cartoon. Do you guys you know, remember? Kind of look, you know, like. Do you guys remember the first all digital comic book? It was a Batman book. Yes, I do remember. That's that. not the. First that's what this Batman comic. looks like to me. That's what I kept thinking of. That's that wasn't the first all digital comic. book. Well, whatever. But it, it was yeah. like the first big. That was like the Batman Digital Age or something. I don't remember what it was called, but I vividly remember it. And this is kind of what it looked like. It's funny is that I think all of this art is pretty good, except when Batman's in it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, yeah. except for um, any good close-ups. There's, there's that one really good silhouette when he's walking down the hallway in Arkham. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a silhouette, um, though, yeah. So. You, you, what he did really nice the whole way through, I thought that the Joker's eyes mm-hmm. were the strongest part of this art. I thought they really sort yeah. of... Uh, they were really well done. So. But, um, I mean, that's... Uh, putting that aside, This I thought this was a fantastic story. The... The whole, I think the whole crux of the story is getting inside the head of the Joker mm-hmm. and really, not really seeing what, he, what makes him tick, but really just sort of exploring what goes on in his brain and not, not from a literal sense because they don't actually, he's not like narrating or anything, but it, it's really taking an examination of, of how crazy he is. And I really like the idea of the super persona Joker, that every once in a while he just takes on a new persona, not literally, but like he becomes more violent, less violent, more crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, because it explains how the Joker can appear in different different comic eras. books, different eras, and different stories. He can be funny and sort of goofy in some, but also terrifyingly scary in others. Um, I, and I really think if you're going to examine the Joker, you you really 
probably can't do it justice in within the traditional comic book sense of word balloons, because it just take, it takes more words. You have mm-hmm. to really get in there, you have to dig, dig around and see what's going on, and you need a lot of pros for that. And I had no problem with this. I loved every minute of this of this comic. Really? Yep. So <laughs> I know a lot of people didn't. I, I'm really, really curious and sort of uh, concerned about what you guys thought of it because I don't know yet. Well, I actually I don't I don't buy Batman. I only buy Detective. But but based off once I saw it was the pick, I went back to the store and I picked it up just just so I could read it and be prepared. Because this is 2007 is the enlightened Ron who tries new things. Right. Go ahead. Like heroin. Um, <laughs> um, um, I thought. I mean, I it, like like Josh said. I mean, I think it took me a good half hour to read. Um, luckily I had time, um, but like if this was a, my standard, like if this was an everyday week and I, I was on Wednesday night frantically reading my books, I honestly don't know if I would have given it the time it deserved. Um, I thought the story was, was, was good. It was like you said, it was hor- It was horrifying. I mean, the, the Joker aspect of it. And I thought that, you know, Mor- Morrison can write a, can write a, can write fiction, you know, he can write. Um, but, um, I mean, I'll nitpick cause that what I do. Sometimes it was kind of hard to read with the backgrounds, you know, the layout and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it was kind of tough to see where the – like when, when there was words integrated with the art is like whether that was like part of the story or not, you know. Um, but all in all, I mean it was – I thought it was good. I don't know if it would have been my pick, but I, I definitely think it was, a, it was a, um, a, a challenge to the genre. You know what I mean? A challenge to the format. There's experimentation, know? which I yeah, like exactly, in comics. Which is cool. Yeah, which Terry Moore has been doing for years. Yeah, which true. Good point. But not, but the difference between this and Terry Moore, Comic Sans. Yeah. Well, I didn't like this. <laughs> I didn't like this font any better. Yeah. No. Neither did I. Actually, to be honest with you, and that, I think that ties into the layout and the, and the readability of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably would have been. I, I understand. I understand why they did it. You know. I mean, it makes. You know, when you're doing it, it makes perfect sense to put the art in like the dirty frames and like to put have like you know the the, the design in the background to make it more visually interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think it it comes close to sacrificing the pros, which is what you, which the pros should always be the 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 main thing that you want to make sure that things are legible and readable. And because if you don't, if they're not legible, then you got nothing. So um, it, it gets, and it, it gets very tempting to get wacky with fonts and get wacky with design and stuff like that. Um, but I'm glad they didn't go overboard. It was still readable. But like, like, like there was one page where all of a sudden the, the word Batman was in white font, was in white, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, what is it? What is this? Like, what you know? Like, so it was weird. But anyway, what can you do, Josh? What did you think? I I I found myself on both sides of the debate. Quite honestly, but look at us. Just right, there, I am. I'm I'm the one in the middle. No, I mean, like I can see. Like when I first started reading it, I opened it up and I was like, okay, this guy looks kind of interesting. And then I was like, oh, this first page. And then I kind of flipped through it and I was like, oh, I don't have time for this. And I literally, I put it down. I stopped reading. I tried to read it because one of the things about the the prose is that it's a little flowery. So I what's thought, wrong with that? I, I thought that it it I thought it read a little it was a little difficult to read like it wasn't it wasn't style of writing I liked and I, and I mean that in a sense that like it was like a lot of description and a lot of terminology and a lot of like it was difficult. So you don't you don't like read. you don't like noir then. No, and I understand he was doing for a genre thing, but it wasn't naturalistic to me, which made it harder to read because it was really, really dense, but it wasn't necessarily getting me anywhere a lot of time. The smirking gift of fat and smoldering Cuban cigar, you know, like it was just a lot of words. I understand that, which is totally not my thing. Now, the other side of it, there are, like, I I find this this kind of prose to be very tiring to read for whatever reason. I like things to sort of move along quickly. I, I mean, that's not even the right way to say it. I don't know. I just I found it really tiring, and, and I actually read this in sort of a few spurts. Now, that being said, 
going through it, there was definitely parts of it I liked. I think that when you say the way that they get into the Joker's head and the way that he explained the way that you know why the Joker is how he is was fantastic. I thought the scenes where he had Harley Quinn and she shows up and and the Joker is no longer cares about her in the least because he's not Mister J anymore. Yeah. I loved that. I thought that was brilliant. And the way that he described her as being the stupidest uh, board game of all time. Yeah. Because uh, she has the four red and black squares on her. That was fantastic. Um, really good. Uh, I, I dug parts of it. And like I said, I thought – I didn't think the art was bad at all. I mean it was a bit bad in places, but you know the, the crazy Joker eyes and everything, I, I thought it was really well done. I wouldn't want to read this every month. No, it's a fan. Well, no, like, no, it's not. It's not intended for that, though. It's, no, I know. I know. This, this, I mean, I, I think one of the main criticisms people had, which I totally disagree with, was that it's not a comic book, mm-hmm. which to me blows my mind because I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't even understand that argument. This is not even the first time this has been attempted, and I don't. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, um, there was a 1978 Batman story called Death Strikes at Midnight and Three by Denny O'Neill, which is almost exactly the same thing in terms of. Holy shit! Look at you. Well, this was brought up by somebody on the board. I have to give credit oh, okay. to do, but I did. I did dig it up. Um, and looking through it, it's, it's almost exactly the same kind of thing. It's, it's actually—I think there's more text in this Denny O'Neill book than there is in the Grant Morrison book, and less art. Well, when I um, first, when I, when I think we picked one of the first Gotham, one of the first Batman books that Grant Morrison was doing, and I said this feels like a throwback to the Denny O'Neill days. Yeah. So maybe that was done intentionally. There's also that um, Bendis said that Alias issue that was half script, one. script half yeah. script, and the rest was pinups. It's almost that's almost the same concept too. I mean, yeah. And, I did, and like Josh pointed out, Terry Moore's been doing it for years. Yeah. So I did so find this much this easier to read when they when they mixed in um, dialogue and stuff. When it was just big blocks of text, and I don't know if that had to do with the page layout and the font and all the stuff. Like it was, it was sort of. It's almost a little difficult to read. Maybe it would have been better to just do it like a book page. But the idea that this is not a comic is, is just mind blowing. I mean, it is a comic, and the fact that the matter is, it, um, for me, a comic is whatever the artist wants it to be. Mm-hmm. If he right, yeah. if he puts it in, and it's also it's no different for me than the silent issue of a comic. It's just the reverse. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I don't get that at all. Yeah, no, I don't think that that argument weigh, weighs in. I mean, I don't. I don't think you. I don't think he. You could have told this story in the in the in the level of the of the of weight that he did mm-hmm. through the comic through using word balloons and stuff like that. Like you really got. I mean, by, I mean honestly, like when I first started, I'm like, oh, this feels like homework. And yeah. After after like the third or fourth page, though, I was enthralled and I was and I it sucked me in and 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 I was like, okay, yeah, now I'm getting it. Okay, this is cool and I'm with it. So I, you know, I'm I'm pro it. So. The other thing is I didn't feel ripped off. Like sometimes I read a comic and I'm done in two minutes. I'm like, all right, I just spent four dollars. That's an excellent point. <laughs> I think you got um, your three bucks worth with this, this is, one. You got more than that, and that was yeah. really great about it. I was really happy that you know you got a got a good half hour out of my three dollars, which is uh, yeah. I'm not gonna say I love it, loved it, but I'm I'm I I can appreciate it. I guess I'm glad to see people trying stuff and changing around and. And I wonder. I I, I do wonder how much of. A factor was the, the idea that the last four issues were so bad, and people were just looking forward to a, a good Grant Morrison Batman comic and got an experiment. Yeah, which I love. Which I love. And That's I wonder awesome. if the last yeah. four issues were regular Grant Morrison Batman comics, and this one came along, would the reaction be as strong as it was? Mm-hmm. I think that's a factor. And the same thing goes with the the last four issues of Detective prior to this month. Mm-hmm. I think people just were looking for Batman comics again, and then this probably weighed in heavier than normal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but I liked it. So. I was surprised. I wasn't sure if you would when I read it. I, I wasn't. Of course, I didn't read it. I only read three pages. Let's... You, have, you, have you read it yet? Or no? Yeah, I read it since oh, then. Yeah. Like I saw, he picked it, and I was like, "Crap, I'm gonna okay. have to go back and read it now." <laughs> yeah. okay. But like at the time, I, you know, you've, I've only had like a few hours, and I got to that one, and it just like, it just slows down the train. Yeah, we'll try to read it when you got to pick the 
No, I know, I know. I felt for you. Believe me. <laughs> That's why the pick didn't go up to one a.m. All right. <laughs> but I wonder. I wonder for you if it hadn't been Batman, if it had been, you know, like a Daredevil book or something like that, if you would feel so strongly. So if the examination was as good as, yeah. as it was, it didn't matter who was it about. Yeah, but you particularly like identify with these sure. characters. Sure. Well, I like right? the. I mean, I like the. I like the Joker. That was good. I mean, it didn't. It, it didn't help. It didn't hurt. I think. Sure. Let's talk about Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. One eleven. One tester went down. <laughs> <laughs> so the idea that Jack Flag would be the the underground hero protagonist of this book went right out the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I literally turned the page. I'm like, why is Grifter in this book? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even. I mean, I'm the Marvel guy. I don't even remember this character. So like, I don't know if that's how he looked originally. Yeah, he did. He, he did. Yeah. Oh, right. Was he in the night? Was it was it a purposeful Grifter uh, ripoff or was he before Grifter? He was before Grifter. Ninety four. Oh, nice. I think was when he first showed up. Oh no! Then then Grifter was before him. No, he's older than that. He's a he's an old 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 character. Okay. All right, let's, okay. let's just that's not important though. Right. Sorry, I threw us off track. Wasn't Thunderbolts one ten to pick last week? Yep. Or last month? Yep. This one so wouldn't have been. Really? No. This one, I think the Why? book went off the rails a little bit. Really? I did, I enjoyed it. They well for me what I what I wrote about and what we talked about last time was I thought that the sort of moral grounding center of this was Jack Flag as a character. Right. And the rest of it was all sort of flash and and and. Yeah. Uh, spectacularness. Where so so this week when he goes down and then it's all about how evil and bad these people can be, and like who's really going to be the the one who screws everything up. I found it less interesting. It didn't yeah. mean it wasn't done with skill. I thought. Well, I, well, no, I don't think it's a skill thing. I think um, what I enjoyed was like it kind of showed. It kind of because the the question was is okay. What is the deal with this team and how is it going to work? Mm-hmm. And we we basically saw it. And and the you know like and the one thing that's been missing at least for me from the Thunderbolts experience for the past couple of years has been uh, Moonstone, who is just freaking awesome. Like t- she's like she's so calculating because she's her background she's a psychiatrist and she right. gets to the people's heads and that, all this stuff like that. And there were a couple of lines where just like I remembered just how freaking cra- not crazy but you know like kind of cold mani- and manipulating. cold manipulating she is yeah which is just awesome and um. And then, you know, and you know there's going to be the conflict, but, and it sets up in the very beginning the conflict between Songbird and Moonstone and the rest of the team. And then, of course, you know, the, the, how, how they're going to use Bullseye because, you know, I, I, I noticed in the beginning when they're doing the kind of the, the slow motion movie strut to the fight that Bullseye wasn't with them. I was mm-hmm. like, where's Bullseye? You know, and then I see that they've got him hiding in the back just to do the dirty work. Yeah, so. I, uh, it, where, where someone else gets stabbed like Electra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With a sign. Fucking yeah. second time in as many weeks. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think I didn't think it was it was as good as the last issue, and I agree with you. I was disappointed to see Jack Flag go down so quickly. He's but, not dead um, though, right? But I don't think it's he's, about Jack. Flagg. He's paralyzed. He's done for. Yeah. 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 yeah that's true. So, um, but I think it was awful. But I didn't think it was. No, I didn't say it was awful. I just think it, it went him. off the rails a little bit. It just it wasn't as. I thought the first issue of this reboot was really good and uh, was really interesting. And this one felt more like the same issue. Like I didn't feel like it progressed forward, forward any at all. I do feel a little like this. This is something that probably isn't going to read as well in issue form. Is totally my guess. Yeah, but I think that I feel like that's a cop out. I don't no, know. It, 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 maybe, but some yeah. things read better all, all sort of at one point. And, if, and I think Warren Ellis tends to write in story arcs. And I'm not going to say he writes for the trade, but he writes a little in story arcs, and he fits it in the box of the monthly issue. When he has I, to, I don't know about that. I mean, I think I think he's aware that he's writing monthly issues and he's writing with the. I mean, I think he's writing with the proper level of cliffhangers and that sort of thing. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I I, I see. I mean, I th- I could see the argument that this would read well in trade, but it's got to read well in issue as well. And I don't really, I don't feel, I didn't get the feeling that he didn't read well in issue. You know, so I don't know. I hate Venom though. Yeah, <laughs> awful, awful. Uh, Josh is right about Jack Flagler, ninety four, but um, 
I looked I don't, it up. I don't, I don't know that he had that look the whole there time, though. He's not an old character. I think you're getting him mixed up with Nomad, who's older. No, not Nomad. There's, there's other flag-based characters from the 40s. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, so. I don't, I'm, I'm going to give it a few more. Yeah, definitely. Because I want to see yeah, no, if there's that. anything coming out of this, uh, where they're going to go. But, you know. It's, yeah. I'm still interested to know what happens. I just didn't enjoy it as much, basically. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, for me, I feel like it's hard to say. I feel like we're in the middle of the story, and, and it's too early to judge it. But I did it was like done to... with skill. I still think Diodato did a great job. Mm, uh... I thought it was, it was it was markedly not as good as last month's art. Muddy. Yeah. Muddy it was. It was a little sketchy. But I, I don't know. I didn't mind it. I, hate I did like the fact that we, we thought we thought we knew where it was going, and it totally didn't go that way. I do like when, when comics go do that. I like the fact I that we thought... Warren Ellis is good at thinking. that. Yeah. So, Would you have liked it better if it was all pros? Yes. <laughs> I bet he's pretty good at pros. <laughs> he is, yeah. So, um, so conversely, another um, uh, kind of reboot or relaunch is Justice Society of America, number three, came out this week. Josh, you're still on this one? Yep, I'm there. There are a lot of characters in this book. I thought, um, to, to me, the most shocking thing was page three when the, the villain runs through a kid. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there, was, there was discussion. <laughs> and a mother. Yeah, there was discussion on the uh, forums about how the Justice Society was a throwback book and didn't have the hard edge yeah. of modern-day comics. And I was like, are you this kidding? Is... He ran through a kid. He made <laughs> he the kid explode. Like, he ran through the kid. And it's funny, they're yeah. goofy Nazi villains. I love Nazi villains. Mean. Yeah. Well, they should God. be. They're Nazis, but... Exactly. Hawkeye, <sighs> Hawkman got, got beat down. What's with the steroid wings? <laughs> yeah, the art's a little bit weird at times. You know what, though? I, I, I actually I like the art in this. It's it's a little overblown, but it's so clean and sort of crisp in that way. I, I, no, it's weird, really... at, weird at times. It's not overall. It's good. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's good for this kind of book, though. It's it's a little over the over the top. I'm enjoying everything about this book. Um, I, I, li- I like the I like the link between the fact that when they figured out that somebody's targeting Justice Society family members. <laughs> And it's playing up that legacy aspect of this team and, and the, the history. You know, I love the history stuff. I love the interest of the Sandman. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I love that character. I, lo- I, re- I, I, I have to go back and pick up the old trades from the last run, the JSA run. But in the early ones, he was a prominent character, and I loved his character. He was awesome. This feels, <laughs> go ahead. It's, it just feels big and – I mean, it feels like the JSA, JLA should probably. Oh, this is totally what the JLA should be, not what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking I, I do think that it, I, I feel like at times there there are in fact too many characters because I can't focus on one thing and I, like because I, I'm interested in a lot of these characters and so they don't get a lot of time. I didn't I didn't think we needed to have another character. It, like they introduced that new one in the beginning, the new girl. Yeah, the, well, um, she was she was introduced in the first issue, right? But I mean, it's, she's she's now here. She's got the costume, and yeah. she's going Psycho. out on, on a mission. It's like if you look at that double page spread where they're all going out. There's one, two, yeah. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven characters, and that's yeah. too many for a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which which is a book that's very fast moving too, so you get like you read through it pretty quickly because it's you know it's sort of action packed and everything's moving along, and so you don't really don't feel like you have time with a lot of them. There's a ton of this. This team should be able to kick anyone's ass. Yeah, but I, but but I feel like but I feel like there's a, a level of dysfunction that I don't know about on this team. You know what I mean? Because you got because you got Liberty Bell and Our Man who are just like all about each other. Did you guys realize yeah. Liberty Bell was Jesse Quick? No, oh, is it? Yeah, she no. is. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh wait a minute! There's a twelfth character. There's there's Ted there's Ted uh, Ted's son. So it's yeah. twelve main characters Jackson, now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Plus, if you add Ted, that's thirteen. So there's thirteen Justice Society characters, which is a bit. And um, Doctor Midnight. Isn't he in the? He's not right. in the big double play spread. No. No. He's, so he's 14, in the next page later. Talking to Mister Terrific. Mister Terrific's not characters. in the double page spread either. Because he had to go back to checkmate. Right. Fifteen <laughs> characters. Uh, no, Mister Terrific's hanging around. Yeah, he's on the society. 
So weird. So we got 15. That's two teams worth. Yeah. I that's like that, many. though. That's cool. As an X-Men fan, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Where did you... Didn't you say once that seven to eight characters was the max for an X-Men team? I, I, I feel that the, 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 the perfect team book is either five members on the team or seven members on the team. So um, this is three times that. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I've learned to adapt and, and be able to deal with them. As long as they don't look, as long as they don't look the same. You know, as long as you can tell who they are. Like there was one, there was that one panel when there, when Sandman was, was was explaining it when they're on the table, and um, I guess uh, Liberty Bell and Star were 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 sitting next to each other. Mm-hmm. And for a moment, if it wasn't for the stars on Star's costume, I was like, okay, who's who? They're still you know both I mean? patriotic themed, long haired, blonde, white. Blondes, chicks. yeah, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> so I don't know. It was good, um, and I liked uh, Starman singing. Uh, Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. So basically, I, sh- not now. <laughs> I shouldn't like this book, but I do enjoy it. Awesome. I would call it rollicking. That's good. You That's think? A good thing. Yeah, no, yeah. it's definitely it's, it's a fun, big, old superhero kind of book. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of rollicking, with Nazis. Um, Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes number six. So far, my favorite cover of the week. This uh, this entire like I'm this series now is like it started off a little slow, but it is now my favorite miniseries of this year. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> It's the, this is the one where it completely made and I didn't make a left turn, but it completely got it's it's like hysterical. It's great, I and mean, everybody in the book is like, "What is going on here?" Yeah, exactly. It's the same That's thing what as I love us. About it. Like every other scene was like, "I can't believe we're doing this." Like, <laughs> like, like at what point did these incredibly brilliant heroes people finally go, "All right, enough," you know? Like and like everybody teeters on the edge of it, and nobody falls over it, and it's hysterical. It's funny because in real life, this is what happens with real people. Like everybody knows something's wrong, but nobody wants to be the person to stand out and go, "No, this is stupid." Yeah, <laughs> they all go. Well, somebody will say something. I just loved it. It's been great. It's been. <laughs> so what was the what? What happened this issue? I don't know. Um, well, <laughs> last issue, um, it ended with Yellow Jacket, um, uh, kind of grabbing Wasp and like kind of quote unquote kidnapping her from the Avengers. But Yellow Jacket, who had previously been Hank Pym, shows up, talks to the Avengers, and says, "I'm Yellow Jacket now." Not now, but he doesn't know that he's Hank Pym. Basically, he had a personality change, yeah. yeah. And um, and so he takes he takes the wasp who Hank Pym was dating, Jan, the wasp Jana Van Dyne, and he takes her and he kind of takes her kind of hostage. And then they have this big conversation. She's trying to bait him into admitting that he he really is Hank, but he's not buying it. <laughs> and then they make out, and then they decide they'll get married. And so, so they, <laughs> they plan a whirlwind superhero wedding. Wait, who decides? Day. He decides or she decides? Hank yeah. and Jan- Janet agrees to get married to him, and Janet tells the other Avengers. So then now there's a wedding that's going to take place in Avengers Mansion. And, it, like, all the superheroes, it's the original X-Men in their original costumes, the Fantastic no, they're, they're Four there. Well, second okay, second yeah. costume, but still, it's yeah. the main, you know, yep. Angel, five, Iceman, yep. Beast when he's a person in, in Marvel Girl. Yep. Um, not their original costumes, just a little later. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four, and is the Swordsman on this team or the Black Knight? No, Bla- Black Knight. No, he 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 he's not on the Avengers, but he was a friend at this point. He, he showed up. Spider Man's there. It's Doctor just Strange. wacky, and they're all they're sort of because that's what really happened. Like they they were they did these weddings. Like I love those know? old wedding issues where everybody would yeah, show up. Right, yeah. yeah, but like what's great about this is that everybody everybody knew that Wasp and Hank Pym were dating, and nobody knows because Yellow Jacket's staying in costume. They're all in so, costume. And, yeah, they're all in costume except for Wasp, who wears a wedding dress. <laughs> and so, but they so they can't tell that Yellow Jacket is Hank. And so everyone's like, everyone's there, like, yeah, this is a great party. What happened to Hank? <laughs> they're just like, they're like, is J- I thought Janet was like, they- I thought they were pretty serious. You Doctor know? Like, Strange is there, yeah, and like everybody's just like, what's going on? And then, like, you know, and then in the meantime, like the, the in the kitchen, the the staff turns out to be like this. I don't know who exactly they are, but this like uh, team of badly dressed circus themed villains. Yeah, 
and they start to take over too. It's just it's wacky. They they use the wedding as an opportunity to take out all the heroes at once. Yeah. But like but like it's funny because and like Fury has set it all up. Like the minister who's doing the wedding is a Shield agent. Mm-hmm. Like they they've like they've it's totally decked out with Shield coverage. And like at one point Fury's like I can't believe I'm spending the, ma- the amount of money I'm spending on this. Like you know he's like I can't believe we're doing this. And then at another point like the X Men notice all the security detail and they're like there's a lot of security here and they're like do you think it's because of us? You know like the typical like self centered oh we're mutants everyone hates us. You you know, like and it just like it just it, it really it, it highlighted everybody's individual reaction to the insanity of what was going on really, really well. Well, and also this is set in the past, so like yeah. at the time, you know, mutants were probably not as accepted. So right, yeah, no, no, but more but, in hiding. But, yeah, but they, but the, of course, the X Men have no idea why Shield is there. You yeah, know what I mean, like you know, because they, they don't know the truth. You know, it's it's and there were a lot of good little interactions and stuff. It was it was really it really, was fun. And this is yeah. going to be something that'll be a, make a great trade. Yeah. If if you've got any love for the Avengers of the past, I guess. How is the art? It's not any better. Well, you've said that all along. It's it's you know what? It's not bad. I think the only I think the worst part of it, I think the figure drawing is off. I don't like the way that he draws people bodies. I don't for some reason it's it's kind of off. I don't even care anymore. I, I've gotten <laughs> no, used to it's it. Not, it's not the point. Yeah, I mean, like this isn't an, uh, a book to be highlighted with the art. So what you're saying is it would have been better had it been all prose. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. No, <laughs> no, because like it, it's almost getting to the point where sort of the the throwback style of art, which I still don't think is quite good enough to be professional level, just, is just... is just kind of wacky. And like the smirks on Yellow Jacket's face the whole time, and it's just oh. it's so big and over the top. I, I just which I is just exactly love... what I just said about JSA, but in a different way. I love this, like the scene with Black Panther, Nick Fury, Iron Man, and Captain America trying to sort it all out, and like Black Panther, Black, pa- Black Panther's trying to explain why they're doing that, saying that they need to support their team, and no matter what the circumstance. And Iron Man's like, inviting the entire superpowered community over for a fake wedding isn't what I'd call a circumstance. <laughs> like, it's, just, <laughs> it's one of those things where they keep like pointing out all the stuff that's weird, which is really fun when you do it in the right context in a superhero book, because the superhero yeah. book is just all sorts of weird, but everybody accepts it. Yeah, I think Casey nailed this. He's nailing yeah. it. So good for him. Yep. Yeah. Um, I wanted to just take a second, real quick. You guys don't read why the last man in issue form. Be careful. Um, I'm I'm going to be very careful. Be careful. Um, no, you know what? You heard the spoiler warning. You don't have to listen. Be careful. <laughs> anyway, I can't not listen. I know. Um, it, basically, we're at issue 54. I think there are six or seven left. The last two issues have had nothing to do with the main plot. Wow, and I don't know what's happening. That's weird. It really is like I'm like it's a time when it's going to be start to like wrapping it up, and the last two have focused on characters who we don't know, talking about things we're not familiar with. You know, they exist in this world. It's I've I would given think a lot. That of, would be more of a controversial thing than I've heard about. Well, one of the other things about this is that he is. Um, York shows up a little at the end, but basically the first part is a story about these girls who went to Hollywood to try to make movies, but they can't get anyone to do it because all they know how to do is make exploitative sort of old school – not old school, but like typical action movies. And all the women are like, this is stupid. This is the same stuff they've always been making. So they decide to – and I don't know what this has to do with the escapics – make it into a comic book. And so they they figure out that one of the girls can draw and they make a comic book out of what they were going to make in their movie. And that's kind of the story. And it takes place in L.A., and it's got all this stuff to do with L.A., because I assume that he wrote this around the time that he moved to L.A., which I know because, you know, we talked to him that one time, so it's maybe it's just me that got thrown off by it. So it's all these comments on Los Angeles, and, like, they get – something happens to them in West Hollywood, and then the next uh, time you see them, they're up in North Hollywood, which is nowhere near that. I don't know. (laughs) 
I'm going to go ahead and keep going with it, but I was kind of like thrown off by this whole thing. That's uh, odd. I'll read it in the trade and I'll talk to you about it. Yeah, uh, yeah in like in like four months when yeah. you guys get well, to make, it. Make a mental note. Send, yeah. send, send an email in the future. So uh, basically my, my point being, listen, I, I figure he'll probably do a good job right now. It's not showing. But, you know, 54 issues just to have a couple that are off, I'll, I'll go with it. Like the monkey vagina. I can deal with that. Yeah, but you'd figure they'd be uh, earlier in the run, not right at the end. Well, you know, yeah, I would figure that, which is why I've brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> so if you know anything else about it, let us know. <laughs> All right. Um, and just real quickly, I just wanted to mention um, Astonishing X-Men. I know this wasn't actually on our rundown, but just two seconds. Um, issue number 20. Remember about a month the last issue came out when I was gushing about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just continuing. Okay. It just—it's so freaking good. It's so—I just—it just, just kills me how good this is. You just yeah. like it because it makes Skyclops look cooler than he's ever looked in. No, he was—he bar- was barely even in it. Doesn't matter. Still looked yeah. cool with his stubble and his hair. Well, it's a rock I don't star. Know about that, yeah. But like, there's a there's a great scene like where you know where Wolverine and and um the the student the girl who the armor who's stuck like armor. Great about the, yeah, her, her name now. That was armor. a great page. That 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 whole that whole scene when she's like saying I'm not an X Man I've got a chemistry test and he's just like and Wolverine's like fine take the suit off and go get killed. You know, like it's yeah. like you're, you're you're here because you're you're good enough. And like the great the speech by Wolverine was like it's like what it was about. He's like he's about. got Wolverine. Yeah, he's he's nailed it. What's great, what's great about it though is that is that Joss has not only got Wolverine, but he's got what it is to be the X Men because what it is is that you've got like these core group of experience, but then there's always in all the great X Men stories, there's always been a character who isn't supposed to be there, and it's part of them rising to the challenge. And 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 earning their stripes as an expert. I did. Did you notice there was the scene where um, Beast and that chick were bickering, and then Cyclops says, "Stow the bickering, guys." Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> He's got. I mean, Josh. I laughed and laughed. Yeah, that was good. Can the snappy can the snappy banter? So, um, yeah. He's undermining stuff. your own uh, like of Cyclops. Time. I love Cyclops. I don't care. He's great in this. He's great in everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh... Maybe this one's brought to you by GeekArmor.com, who sell T-shirts with the geek in mind. Uh, Heavy focus on comic book T-shirts and a nice selection of video game, sci-fi, movie, TV TV shirts. Um, So you've got those kind of interests if you're listening to the show. So you'll probably find some shirts you like there. So you can go over there um, and check them out and let them know that we sent you over there. So it's GeekArmor.com, which is uh, the American spelling of armor, A-R-M-O-R, as opposed to the U. Yeah. Okay, so um, so we got uh, the email. Uh, email is just it's flooding in. It's like I I'm being out of town this week and then coming back and going through my email this morning. I can't believe how many emails we get yeah. on a daily basis. It's awesome. So um, so but uh, Connor's picked for us the the best and the greatest of the emails that came in. So oh um, sure, put it at my feet. So Randy writes in and he wants to get opinion from us uh, opinion on us on something. Uh, two of his favorite series are Hundred Bullets and Why the Last Man. Uh, both are closing in on their endings. He likes the big picture type of, uh, of stories, and he wants to know if there are any series that we could recommend that are planned to be finite, like 100 Bullets or, or why. Um, he's specifically looking for one that's early in his run so he doesn't have to spend eternity hunting down back issues. Uh, so, like a book that we know is going to end. Uh, as loath as I am to admit it, uh, The Boys is, is early and it's a finite series. Is it a finite series? Yes. I thought it was going to go on and on and on. No. Oh, okay. I, you know what? It's hard to say because usually you don't know what's going to be really good until later on. Yeah. So I can't think of anything that started recently that's got me really excited about it. Yeah. Um, well, what's what have you read that's finite at all? Well, I mean, you know, some things are finite. You knew Preacher was going to have an ending. You knew why and Hundred Bullets were going to have endings. 
Um, but but how, but here's a good question. At what point did you know why and 100 Bullets were going to end? He said at like, the beginning he said it was going to be around 75 issues. I think he's going for less than that. 100 right, Bullets, I mean, he's always said it was going to be 100 issues. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm um, I'm just, I, I mean, I just think that when a, when a series starts off, you don't really hear that stuff until it actually gets some legs. No, people knew Sandman had an ending. People knew Preacher had an ending. Um, Trans- didn't Transmetropolitan always have an ending? Yep, Transmetropolitan always had an ending in mind. I would think Ex Machina does, but I don't you know, know what it is. I, I, I don't think that's official. You, you know, this doesn't go into what his request was, but um, I would say um, go back. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, it's gonna it's ending soon. But um, Girls by the Luna Brothers, mm-hmm. the Luna Brothers do it in that style. So the ne- their next project probably will have a finite ending. Um, because their last two projects have been in the same kind of manner. You know, it's a, a um, really good one. Uh, you know, I don't, honestly, I don't think any of us have any ongoing series that have just started. But if you want to look for something that did yeah. have, like, that had a beginning, middle, and an end, um, Sleeper by Sean Phillips and uh, Ed Brubaker. Yeah, and just get the trades one there was, at a time. There was yeah. four trades of that, and that takes you through the whole story, which is fantastic. You don't have to know anything else. So if you like those kind of stories uh, that you're talking about, I'm, I'm sure you'll like that. Yeah. Um, I would, we'll keep, I would bet DMZ's got a finite ending. Yeah, and even if it doesn't, I was, Randy, start picking up DMZ. It's not that it's like yep. 13, 14 issues in. It's early in the run, and it's Vertigo, and it sounds like DMZ would be right up there. There are two trades so. out. You can get those, and you're right up with up to speed. Yeah, yeah DMZ, I think, is the good point. That's, that's good. Good, good. Good call, Connor. So. All right. So, um, <laughs> I wish we had a better answer for you, but a lot of times with these kind of things, it's like hindsight. Yeah, you won't know until there are thirty issues out, and it's awesome. And, and you've already been buying them, and you're like, I knew it, I knew it when. And then, then you're like me, and you run late to the crowd, and you're, I'm going to buy them in trades. And then, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> ben from St. Louis writes in, and he says, "I just got done reading New Frontier and really dug Hal Jordan as a character. I've never really read any Green Lantern before, so I was wondering what trades or issues you might recommend that feature good Hal Jordan stories." Stop at New Frontier. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the best thing that I could think of is for for actual Hal Jordan stuff would be the Denny O'Neill Neil Adams Green Lantern Green Arrow, Green Arrow. Green Lantern stuff. Yeah, which... well, that was more Green Arrow than Green Lantern. It's both of them. Right? No, no. But I, I felt that that highlighted Green Arrow way more than. Um, I guess, uh, if you uh, really like Hal Jordan, uh, we've mentioned this on the show, but Justice League Year One. Yep. It's a good yeah. Hal Jordan story. Uh, there's the uh, Emerald Dawn, the original Emerald Dawn miniseries, which is in a, tr- in a trade, um, which is ha- his origin story. Which the is Rebirth good. isn't so bad, Yeah, where he just came back. Well, that was good. That miniseries was good. Yeah. Um, and it's by the same team who are doing the ongoing book now, I think. Yes. Well, part of the problem with Hal Jordan is there are not a lot of really good Hal Jordan stories. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and I, I'll tell you, having read all the stuff we just talked about and having recently finished New Frontier, New Frontier is, without a doubt, my favorite Hal Jordan story I've ever read. So I don't think you're going to get better than that. Yeah, you dug yourself a hole by reading the best thing first. <laughs> yeah, way to go. You should have started with um, Emerald D- Dawn or whatever. Emerald Dawn 2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I really enjoyed hour. reading The Watchmen. Is there anything else like that? No. No, there's not. I'm sorry, I like the right. Godfather a lot. Can you? Actually, I would say get get the Green Arrow, Green Lantern. Even though it's yeah, it's that's... more Green Arrow, it's still there's still really good stuff in there. Um, Amazing, Al Jordan, um, and beautiful, that's... beautiful Neil Jordan. Neil, Neil, Neil Adams, Jordan, sorry. that's yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, that, Neil Jordan is different. So, right, Al Jordan's next, a woman. Our next email comes from Phil from Kalamazoo, um, and he just wants to vent his frustration as the glut of quote unquote mystery heroes in the comics in the past few months. Here, here. First, there was Supernova from 52, which ended with the stupid time travel trick. Then there's the new Starman in JSA, which we just talked about, who was already revealed, and I don't know who the fuck he is. <laughs> now there's Ronan in Avengers, and damn it, I'm sick of trying to guess who all these people are just to be let down. Has the mystery hero thing ever been done well? Seriously, can you guys think of anything? 
Well, there was also that the uh, for that one issue, the mystery hero in Civil War that was Punisher. Well, I'm just adding to the list of yeah, recent yeah. mystery heroes. Right, true, yeah. Well, so well, I'm not saying it was good. I'm just saying that was another. So one. what's what's a good mystery hero? Hmm. I guess I'm thinking villains though, because like, wasn't the whole Jason Todd Red Hood thing pretty good? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> there was. Remember way back in the '90s, there was the Monarch debacle. You remember that? No. No. The Armageddon 2001. Um, oh, you're dating me. You're dating me. Wow. <laughs> this was like this was 1991. Um, the DC annuals ran a. This is back when the DC annuals used to run a story. You know, every every annual was part of a large annual crossover. And this one was Armageddon's story, which was the fact that in, in the year 2001, one of the heroes would turn bad and kill everybody. And the whole question was who was going to be turning evil and kill everyone. And it was in the future, he was known as Monarchy, wore armor. And it was a, year, a summer-long thing where you had to figure out who it was going to end up being. It ended up being um, Captain Adam, which was not the original uh, choice because it, it leaked out in the, day, pre, the pre-internet days. It still leaked out, and they had to change it quickly before the, the final issue came out. So that was uh, started off really, really good and ended up really, really bad. I think all these things end up really, really uh, bad. I don't think the mystery hero thing works. I mean, I mean, coming from the X-Men where we wondered for years who, the, who was going to betray the team and who the third Summer's brother was and all this kind of stuff, it just doesn't, you know, like it, you know, and I can't think of the last time I read a comic where it's like, who is he? And they spend issues wondering who he is. And you know, it was a really good one. Yeah. There's only one. It wasn't a hero, but the very beginning of Thunderbolts. Right, but that lasted, what, tw- 22 pages? Yeah, I know, but that's the best oh, wait, example the most recent, of it. The most recent Thunderbolts of. or the old Thunderbolts? The old, old Thunderbolts, the first oh, issue of Thunderbolts. When we found out Citizen V was Baron Zemo, that was really That's good. what I'm that talking lasted, about. That lasted like 12 issues. Now we can't it? have him read yeah. it because you just said it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I think that was about – Is that's yeah. about the best I've seen. That's a good point. Very good point. So – um, so finally, Phil wants to know who we think Ronan actually is. <laughs> After all that. Yeah. <laughs> this is stupid, but seriously, what do you think? The obvious money is on I Cap hate Hawk. everyone who talks about Paris Hilton, but did you see what she was wearing? <laughs> uh, or what she wasn't. Um, <laughs> the, the obvious money on Ronan is that it's either Cap or Hawkeye, but his bet is on Nick Fury, which I thought was very interesting because Nick Fury doesn't normally you know, do ninja stuff. No, not, um, not Nick Fury. Um, I think it's Jarvis. Uh... Oh, we also did the Daredevil. I forgot about that one, too. Oh yeah, that was a good oh, one. Yeah. That one worked. Yeah, because it wasn't because it wasn't the, the thrust of the story. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was like a side thing. Yeah. So, you know, I don't care who Ronan is; it's going to be somebody, and we'll find out. So. Yeah, I kind of, you know what's funny is like you're you're right, and I'm not wasting any time thinking about it. I've read exactly. some of the stuff, and it's like David I, Mack. I don't know. I don't have the I don't have the energy to follow the clues. If I was really putting money down, I'd put it on Hawkeye. Yeah, me too. Uh, but I don't care. Yes, Wait, exactly. there was a girl. It's, somebody. No. Oh, somebody said Jessica Jones. No. Which yeah, I can because, see happening, but I don't want to. Right, because um, what's wrong? Because uh, Echo was a girl and she was in the guy. Right, seat, you know, yeah. So, oh, I think we're gonna have to wait three months to find out. Is what I've heard. Oh. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, the next issue is gonna be about something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> Back to Hawkeye. Patrick from Jefferson City, Missouri, writes in and he says, "I'm just now returning to the realm of comics after an almost 20 year hiatus. Back then, I didn't care my care for my comics." When I got them, I'd throw them into a big cardboard box that I got from behind a local grocery store, which is what I did when I was a kid. Now many years later, not the grocery store box, but a big box. Now many years later, I was getting into comics, and I thought, I'm living in the state capital of Missouri, and I'm not sure how to, who to ask about this thing, so I'd ask you guys. What are the best steps to save and store comics? I heard Connor mention in the latest video show that his comics are in a storage bin somewhere, which if the weather and climate is anything like it is here, just a few short miles from the Missouri River, I wouldn't trust storing any paper products in these storage bins. Um, so... His collection will be at home in a closet. He just wants to keep them in a better way than just throwing them in a large cardboard box. Uh, what are our thoughts? Well, I mean, the, the, well, the first thing is whether you bag and board them or not, right? 
Right. Um, it, it, it said the, the, to preserve them the best is to put them in the um, acid on an acid-free cardboard backing board and the um, and the UV protected you know blah 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 plastic bags. I do that. I think I'm the only one out of the three of us who does that. Right. Correct. Yep. Okay. Um, then most comic book stores sell what they call long boxes, the long white boxes. Um, and those are cardboard boxes designed to hold comics and they're, they're fairly good at keeping the elements out, that sort of thing. Um, you can pick them up online or at any comic store probably. And then just in terms of storing them, you'd want to keep them away from moisture. Um, you want to not in the basement, not in the attic. Um, if you can keep them in a room where that you've got, you know, hopefully you have heat and and or air conditioning, (laughs) some sort of temperature control going on in your house, you should be fine. I mean, both Connor and I have had our comics stored in offsite storage and I, you know, and I don't know about yours, Connor, but the place I used was, you know, temperature control. It's not like one of those, like, that's their business. Yeah, it's not one of those places where it's two type of storage places. There's the kinds that you drive up and it's like a garage door and it's like a it's like a basically a garage that you rent. Or there's one where you go in and it's temperature temperature controlled for th- things that are a bit more valuable. So yeah, it's a big building. Um, it's a- but that's really that's really extreme. And actually, I just pulled mine out of storage because the rent got too high. You so, did? Uh, yes. Well, you guys helped me. Thank you. It's a lot of comic uh, boxes. It's a lot of comics, <laughs> and now they're everywhere. It's awesome, <laughs> but um, but yes, yeah, just as long as you keep them away from moisture and 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 like not directly in the sun and not directly in water, then you should be fine. The other thing to keep in mind is that none of them will ever be worth anything anyway. Right, but no, but 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 I know that too, and I'm I'm still I, I you care for things, you want to care for your things, you yeah. Know? So I don't know. I'm ge- I mean personally, I, I'm getting away from it. I still put them in the long boxes. I just don't bag and board them anymore. Right. Yeah, everybody tweets their own. It all depends on how much how much value you want to put, how much value you personally want to put onto them, and how much you. I mean, like, because Josh, in five years, are you going to want to pull out, you know, the Civil War issues and revisit them? You know what I mean? Like that, it's that, that sort of thing. Or are you just going to throw them away? Eventually? I don't know. I mean, I can tell you that I've been holding on to comics for years and years and years and years, and the amount of times that I've gone back to read them is very little for the amount of space that I've taken up holding right. them. Well, most recently, I found my collection to be invaluable for reasons other than reading, but yeah. um, so. You like to lay, you like to lay naked in them and rub them all exactly. over your body. Just, yeah, exactly. They're really good. Like the, really, the old comics that smell really good. Like Uncle Scrooge, you really jump in yeah. the bin. Of, yeah. He's <laughs> alluding to the fact that the video show requires a lot of research, <laughs> which has been extremely helpful. Yeah. So, so nonetheless, so um, but I doubt, I doubt um, that Patrick's doing a video show as well. So maybe he doesn't need that. But I definitely wouldn't keep him in a laundry detergent. And if box. you are, expect to hear from our lawyer. <laughs> no, but um, I wouldn't keep them in a laundry detergent box because that probably has like chemicals still in it, and that's bad. Keep that away. Yeah, but your cl- your comics will still smell cl- clothesline fresh. <laughs> All right. So if you have a, a question you want to email us, you can write us at contact at ifanboy.com. And uh, we love them, and we like getting lots of them. So thank you. Um, all right. So let's dive into the voicemails. Um, Splash. I don't need to comment on this first one. Uh, yeah, I just listened to the uh, episode about Jack of Fables, and God, the backhanded comments from Ron are just getting disgusting. I mean, you know, we listen to the X-Men stuff, you know, day in and day out. You know, come on. The Fables world is good. We don't need so many backhanded comments. Thanks. I think the funniest thing is that Ron and I both actually like Fables. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, other, the other thing is the Fables fans are doing nothing for their image. <laughs> we have dubbed them the new Sandman fans. <laughs> and I know Josh hates that, but it's, I mean, come on. No one well, Josh, else, nobody else writes in and calls in and complains. Josh, your, they... initial, your initial reaction to this voicemail was? Well, originally, like, I can, I can see where he's coming from. And, and like, I, gotta, I was like, and, and I think that the thing is, if you're waiting for you guys to be all nice about it, and then you, I, I would say that in the first one, you were not constructive. But in the last one, right. you guys were fairly constructive about, Ron, you were fairly constructive about your criticism of the book. Right. Um, 
and it's not backhanded compliments because backhanded compliments are more like, oh no, that was real good for a beginner. Like it wasn't like that. <laughs> but you know what? Like the fact is, at first I was like, yeah, you shouldn't make fun of that book so much. And then I realized that I'm going to be completely honest. Every single time that Ron has mentioned the X Men, I have made fun of him for ten years. <laughs> And I can't, I can't justify then him doing the same thing. To, I can't. I think the X Men are ridiculous. And you know, like, so. But, in, the, but the but the thing is, it's not like I, I I curl into a ball and start crying when you make fun of the X Men. No. But the thing is, Fables me, is a, is a thing where people really like lo- love it and they want. So, but does that mean that it. other people don't love other books? They do. They just don't complain about it when they, when, right. when people criticize them. Or do they, we don't even criticize them. We just don't lavish praise on them. We we all like exactly. the book. Let's say it's the best thing in the world. Yeah. It's, excuse me. Let me go put the cure back on, and I'll just sit oh, with my Fables that. books. Fables <laughs> are the new Sandman fans. Fables even... are the new Sandman fans. I don't know what you're talking about with the Sandman fans. When do you Sandman know? Sandman fans get so bent out of shape. When I've you never seen anything. this. Oh, I have for years. I have. Really? It was great and yeah, oh, yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. If you ever said a bad word about Neil Gaiman or, or Sandman to anybody who wore eyeliner or black or like those leggings, they just jumped all over you with just like, man, man, read your superhero comics, man. Well, I think the problem about it is that making the assumption that all Sandman readers are like that is just oh, wrong. it's completely sterile. We are making jokes, compl- Josh. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> uh, we're not I being know but, but I'm not sure that everybody knows that. Well, they no, need to. And the other thing yeah, is, I think it's overall, all fun. It's also all fun. Overall, yeah. comics fans have a big persecution complex. I mean, totally. Uh, so I think it's, this is just the subsection that's that somewhat feels more persecuted. But really, just yeah. lighten up. Yes. Uh, I yeah. totally have a persecution complex. When, when somebody when somebody like belittles comics, I go off. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's not about going off. Now. It's about complaining. Just. Uh, <laughs> All right, you know. so let's and on. one more thing. The thing is, the more of these emails and voicemails we get, the more likely Ron and I are to make fun of it. Yeah, that's all. That's <laughs> the only, it's, it's the only way fish, to make us shut up is to stop complaining about it. Then we it's won't. Shooting, shooting fish in a barrel. We make it too easy, folks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, our, our next one. And the thing very... is, now, even if they go on and read the rest of the issues, they're never going to be able to admit in public that they've liked it. What do you That's mean? We said happened. we liked the first trade. No, I know that. Did people not hear that episode? No, I don't think anyone did. <laughs> All right, uh. our, next, our next one has a good question. Hello, iFanboy. I discovered you after a three-day bender of listening to like eight of your shows, and I enjoy it quite a bit. And I was wondering, I had bought the new X-Men first hardcover and loved it, because Morrison was great. But as I went to go buy the second one, I found out that it is out of print. So, I also saw on Amazon that they have a $60 omnibus of all three. And I was wondering, since you guys have the Uncanny X-Men omnibus and the Alias omnibus, if it's just like that, if it's a big hardcover like that, or if it's just three books, or I don't know, if you'd recommend it. Okay. Bye. I think it's safe to say that when you have the option to buy one of uh, either an Absolute or a Marvel Omnibus edition, you just do it. Especially yes. since the the omnibuses go out of print. Right, and the omnibus. Just to answer his question, the omnibus contains the entire Morrison run. So yes, you already bought the the first hardcover, and that sucks. You'll get a little duplicate of uh, du- duplicate, but um, the omnibus will have everything that you want from Morrison, and um, a little oversized, not as big as the Absolute editions from DC, but bigger than your original hardcover. So I definitely say go. About eighty percent of the size of an absolute edition. And if you're thinking of getting one and you're hesitating, just pull the trigger because when you want it, it <laughs> and it's hard to get, it's the worst feeling in the world. <laughs> so 
Well, I, I, interesting note about the omnibus is Josh and I were talking about the absolute editions and how they are really only doing complete stories. Um, yeah. But the omnibuses are doing uh, chunks Tons. of ongoing buses, ongoing issues. Um, yeah. And it's just an interesting difference in philosophy because there's a lot of ongoing issues I'd love to have an absolute size, but it's probably not going to be. Well, I we think, were talking I think, about it in terms of the Justice League, the Morrison Justice League run. Right, they would never absolutely they would absolute arcs. They'd probably absolute like Rock of Ages or something. You know what I mean? Like, well, no, 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 no. That's what I was saying. They should just do the entire thing. And... Right, but that's not the point of that omnibus. Like, they, like you, you nailed it. Like, uh, like if you look at the absolute edition, that's like the absolute. Although they did do the absolute authority. That's yeah, they did. Yeah, but that was a short. That was a short. Well, that was the first one. It was an experiment, I yeah. think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, an absolute were, danger girl. Yeah, they were all. Um, they were all Wildstorm at the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, but I think the word omnibus is is it means to collect it all. I still have a philosophical issue with the approach. Is that you know, and, and it's tough because to, to, if, I feel like if you're going to commit to something like this, you got to do it. And so like I'm waiting for a Fantastic Four Volume Two omnibus, and I honestly don't know if it's ever going to come. I'm still pissed that the X Men Volume One was started with all new, all different X Men in the middle of the run, and Volume Two is the new X Men from Morrison. Like I I would want, but I guess that's the Masterworks series. That's a problem. Yeah. That, yeah. that is. I mean, a... that, that's. You start that, and people have to. It's a major investment. Yeah, and it, but it's also it's a risk from the company because what if people don't buy them? And they're expensive. Volume. Yeah, exactly. So I don't well, know. clearly people yeah. are buying them since they all go out of print and get sold out. But um, get the omnibus. That's our advice. But the, I mean, the other thing is there's a there's a level of exclusivity with them, and if you put everything into that form, that would go away. Uh, you can't I don't, do everything I don't buy them like for the exclusive exclusivity. I, I buy. For the I'm not form. saying you, but no, I but think I mean, I don't a... I don't know about that. I think it's more about the size and the production of it. We should also mention that they just they just announced, but next week is the uh, omnibus Frank Miller Daredevil, uh-huh. which I'm going to be getting for sure. It's going to be awesome. I already have the trades. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so our last voicemail comes from somebody who's looking for some validation. Okay, so this is listener Todd Kearns, and um, so I love the show, but my uh, boyfriend's checking my iPod lately, and he's seeing like all this stuff, and I never told him I was a comic fan, and he just starts listening to you guys. And he kind of thought, like, that it was, like, a joke or something. So if you could just say, hey, this isn't a joke and that comics are awesome, that'd be great. Thanks. Oh, and Connor, you got a hot voice, man. For real. So should we get it out of the way first? What? That comics are cool and they're awesome. And, hey, and Todd's this boyfriend. Is, this, yeah, this isn't a joke. <laughs> comics are well, good. You, you know what? We're not really the best source for that. <laughs> so what you're telling me is that you found these three guys who who talk about comic books all the time are mainly known for doing that. Have a video and an audio show. Oh, okay. Well, I buy them as a as a non biased source. So we can we can do that. But really, you're gonna need a you're gonna need an unbiased third party. <laughs> but um, better question is: Is this a great way to get them to start reading comics? Share the love, you know. Find some stuff. Um, you know, we we've spent a lot of time telling people stuff that you can give to people who don't read comics, and just yeah. say, look, look at this. This is this is good. You know, if they like movies and TV, there's, that means there's going to be comics for them to like. My this question is, is, how long have they been going out that they don't? He doesn't know that you read comics. That's a good question. Very that's, good question. That's yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and finally, um, it looks like I, I don't know. Not not that I'm counting, but I think Connor's edging out the in the rankings of the iFanboy three. Connor's been getting a lot of heat. Hey, baby. <laughs> They've seen him work his magic. Yeah, so um, we got to keep our eye on the iFanboy stock exchange to see whose stock is higher. So, All right, so... Um, <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. We're just going to move on. <laughs> Good idea. So, um, all right, so if you, if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, you can call 1-888-FANBOYS. That's one 888 
326-2697. And if you noticed our first two voicemails, they didn't say who they were. So if you call in, please tell us your name, where you're from. We'd like to, you know, know. Yes, who at least say your name. Um, We'd like to know where yeah. you're from, too, if at all possible. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, and, you know, write us at contact.ifanboy.com or call the voicemail 1-888-FANBOYS. Um, yay. So... All right, so we haven't had any relationship advice in a while, by the way. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, we would like send more. In fact, actually, what? we would like we would like to solicit relationship advice because you know we've got another show that we could do it on too. Yeah, we were talking about we thought we wanted to do a re- relationship video show, yeah. and uh, so if you could send in all of your relationship related comic book questions, uh, we'd do that on a video show. <laughs> what a ridiculous yeah, topic! So. <laughs> it would be awesome. <laughs> no, right, it's so. true. So that's up to you guys. Send them in. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, before we wrap this up, uh, we want to touch upon uh, the upcoming conventions uh, this winter. Um, next week is the New York Comic Con. It's uh, f- uh, February twenty third through twenty fifth. I fanboy will be representing in our hometown in New York City. So, um, so be sure to look out for us. Um, we're actually hosting a uh, a meet up, a drink up, a get together Saturday night. Um, Saturday night. Where? What's the deets there, Connor? It's at Rudy's. Um, we're gonna be there at eight eight o'clock. Okay, so go to ifanboy.com, and you can see there's a uh, kind of a, a post at the very top of the page about the New York Con. Look there for details. Um, and then the week after that, for our West Coast friends, on March 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, we'll be, uh, Connor and I will be in San Francisco for WonderCon. Um, and uh, Saturday night, the 3rd. I'm not allowed on planes. <laughs> not after last time. <laughs> well, the home, home, Homeland Security has some issues. So. Yeah. Anyway, um, but so Saturday night, March 3rd, uh, there's going to be a party at the Isotope, uh, Isotope Comics Lounge on Fell and Goff that we are co-sponsoring with, um, with the gang at Isotope, and it's going to be awesome, and that's the place to be Saturday night. Saturday um, night, there's nowhere else in San Francisco to be. Exactly, exactly. So hopefully we'll see you all at those cons, and go to ifanboy.com to check out the deets uh, about them. And I keep saying deets. Yeah, don't so do that. It's the word is know, details. I, every, it's easy it's to like say. One of, it's one of those things I say, and I'm like, why did I say that? And then I just got to move on. So, anyway, and you so, say it three um, more times. Do you, call, yeah, so, do you call it Sunny D as well? Uh, no, I don't. Because <laughs> nicknaming a soft drink is stupid. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the band. <laughs> That's even more stupid. I know. Sunny Day Real Estate. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, please come out to those conventions. We'd love to see you. And if you see us, come up talk to us. We'd love to talk to you. So, um, specifically you, the person listening to this podcast right now. Um, all right. So, <laughs> I think that wraps it up because I just got creepy. Yeah, a little bit. Um, Want to talk about the video show? <laughs> We also do a video podcast. If you go to ifanboy.com and click on video podcast up in the top nav, you can see all, all of our previous releases. And every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern episode, Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time. A new episode comes out, noon Pacific. Um, and it's hosted by our uh, good friends at Revision 3. So you can, and, you can go there and download all the different uh, We, we recommend you go there for the big versions. Yeah, the high-res versions. Because you really need to see us at high-res. <laughs> But um, our episode this past week that came out talked about uh, we took a look at the Marvel's Ultimate Universe and um, generated and, a lot of discussion. Yeah, it was a long one too. So um, so you know, get a box, uh, thing of popcorn, and settle in and watch watch your comic talk show. Um, and the show coming out this week is going to be a good one. We think you guys will enjoy it. So look for that on Wednesday at three p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They just keep coming out. I'm like, oh crap, it's Wednesday. There's another one. Yeah, it's oh. you're, te- you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> go to frapper.com slash ifanboy, put your pin in the frapper map, or you can go to the link on the top of our website at ifanboy.com. And you could then go to uh, be our friend at myspace.com slash ifanboy or comicspace.com slash ifanboy. Um, 
you all know what that is. <laughs> and you can also – there are various places that aggregate podcasts like dig.com and Podcast Alley and iTunes and stuff like that. Please go in and vote for us or write a review or dig us. Or if you're a dig user, you definitely go to the podcast yeah. section under arts and we're on there and help us out. Yeah, we dig it. You can also write a review for the video show, which is uh, – yeah, reviews do do not right. carry over. So, um, and also if you go in, if you, if you're an iTunes user and if you go to the iTunes main page in the lower right hand corner, there's a, like a little box about fo- uh, focus, like podcast focus topics. And there's one called comics culture and that highlights not only, um, our shows, but some of the other great comics podcasts that are out there. So go check that out. Um, the good folks at Apple took care of that for us. So, um, and if you like what we're doing and you want to um, kind of help us along and help us you know, do all this wacky travel to conventions and make videos and stuff, you can go to ifanboy.com slash donations and uh, use PayPal to send us a couple of bucks. Plus, as Ron mentioned earlier, he is on heroin now. And yeah, that is not cheap. I, uh, I'm sorry. I, I think that they all think you're spending money on these omnibuses and absolute editions, <laughs> which, is, which is like people like, oh, I don't need to support their high-end comic habit. I'm going to let you in a little secret. I bought the Uncanny X-Men omnibus, read it, and then cut a little square in it, and that's where I keep the heroin. <laughs> No one will look in here. What sort of collector would do that? I've always wanted one of those books with the fake inside that you can hide things in. You don't have anything to hide. I know, except my heroin. <laughs> well, now he does. <laughs> I learned it from watching you, all right? You know what? If you want to hide heroin, you shouldn't talk about it on a show. All right, Ixnay. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, so I think that's it for this week's show. I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh, and this is the part most of you stopped listening to a minute ago. So press stop. <laughs> Comic-Con fanboys.